for it was through the good times and through the bad. Sometimes I felt that you were all I had. Lord, you were my friend.
And you could have just walked away And turned your back towards my sin But for me you gave your life Yes you did And you chose to be my Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen. Our intercessor. Praise God. If you'll turn with me in the word of the Lord. Thank you, honey. <clears throat> if you'll turn with me in the word of the Lord. I'm going to go to a couple different places. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter number 59. Isaiah chapter number 59. <clears throat> Isaiah 59, even today, describes our lost world. Amen. Isaiah prophesied his ministry was a long time, centuries before Jesus stepped on the scene, born in the manger, walked in shoe leather upon the earth. <clears throat> Isaiah prophesied much, probably more as much, if not more than any prophet in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus and about Messiah. He prophesied about his sufferings in <clears throat> Isaiah 53rd chapter. He was wounded for our transgressions. Foretold of Jesus' sufferings. He was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of the beating for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. He goes on to say, all we like sheep have gone astray. That's in Isaiah 53. We're going to go to 59 in a minute. All we like sheep have gone astray. Amen. Said, said, the Lord laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. Goes on to say that we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Amen. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Pleased God to make him a sacrifice for us. Praise God. For a broken world. Amen. God is a God that... Even from the beginning, he's been an intercessor. <clears throat> what is an intercessor? Somebody that intervenes. Amen. Moses intervened, became an intercessor for Israel when they were coming out of the wilderness. and They, they did so many stupid things. Really. They did so many stupid things. One thing after another thing after another thing, and the Lord would put this on them and kill some of them and send serpents among them and plagues among them and, and they would repent for just a little while. At least with their lips they would. And then they'd go right back to the murmuring and the complaining and the belly aching and it just really wore Moses down. And God said to Moses, 
You just step out of the way. I'm going to come among them. I'm going to consume them in a moment. I'm going to destroy all of them, and I'm going to make. I'm going to start over with you, with you and your children, and make a great people out of you. And Moses did a remarkable thing. It's not that God was oblivious to what Moses was going to do. He already knew the heart of Moses. I think, I know, he was bringing something out of Moses to display in the Word of God, in the annals of history of the Word of God, to give us an example of an intercessor. He said, I'm going to destroy them. I want you to get out of the way. And Moses said, Lord, if you're going to destroy them, then take my name also out of your book. That's a mouthful. Woo! If you're going to send them to hell, send me with them. My Lord. And it moved the heart of God, and God had mercy and forbear destroying that first generation. Of course, through their rebellion, they were destroyed anyway, and their children after them, that second generation, amen, went in and inherited the promised land. But I want to talk to you tonight, and we'll read on a little bit. It said in verse 59, Behold the Lord's hand, uh, 59 of Isaiah, Isaiah 59, verse 1, Behold the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. And, and if, it, if anything describes our day and, and the situation of mankind when they've gotten away from God, Isaiah 59 does it. He says, your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So what, what causes God not to hear? <clears throat> For your hands are defiled with blood. He's talking to the people of God. The backsliders, the backslidden nation. And your fingers with iniquity, your, your lips have they spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice. It's a time when, when nobody seemed to be standing up, Isaiah said. None calleth for justice, justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. This is what the Holy Ghost is speaking through Isaiah they hatch cockatrice's eggs. They weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth. And that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. It's just evil that begets evil that begets evil, much like the day we're living in. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are the works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil. Doesn't that sound like the day we're in? You don't have to be doing anything wrong for somebody just to murder you out of hand nowadays. They just go on a killing spree in shopping centers and in fast food joints and in schools, killing children, killing people that have nothing to do with whatever's on this person's wicked mind. Their feet run to evil. They make haste. It's almost like he's describing our day. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are the thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. This world today don't have peace. And there's no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever go up therein shall not know peace. Therefore judgment is far from us. Neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light but behold obscurity. For darkness but we, we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are desolate, are in desolate places as dead men. It's a very grim picture he's painting. 
We roar like bears, mourn like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For, sal- for salvation, but it's far from us. It, far from us is truth. Far from us is salvation. It's a dark, it's a dark time he's describing. Whatever, whatever the Spirit's saying, whatever Isaiah was seeing during his day, it matches a lot of what we're seeing today. We live in a fallen, broken, very disturbed world that don't have any peace in it. Amen. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Now he's talking to God. Our sins testify for against us. For our transgressions are with us. As for our iniquities, we know them. In transgression and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression like our country's done, and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. What a what a what a amazing statement for him to say truth. Truth's not just an idea with Isaiah. He's he, he's making it out to be. Uh, he's putting flesh and bones on it, if you will. He's putting he, he's putting a heart and a mind in it, if you will. When he says truth, it's fallen in the street. Amen. It's something tangible. Amen. And and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Those that would do right is going to be persecuted, Isaiah is saying in the time that he lived in. Him that, that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. He becomes a victim when he tries to do right. But listen to what the book says. And the Lord saw it. He saw all of this. From verse 1 all the way to verse 15. And the Lord, the, the, this. The text changes now. And the Lord saw it. He saw all of this wickedness, all this brokenness, all this darkness, all this fallenness. Amen. All this oppression. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment. When, when a nation forgets God, the Bible says they'll be turned into hell. The Lord saw it and it displeased him. What, what displeased him about that dark hour? even about the time we're living in, it displeased him that there was no judgment. Do you know what that means here in Scripture? It means there was nobody to stand up. There was no intercessor. Yea, truth faileth. He that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, and the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And I'm going to read this last verse, then I'll let you be seated. And he saw... Listen to verse 16, the key verse tonight. And he saw that there was no man. I wonder what God sees in the house of God tonight. I wonder if he sees that there's a man, there's a woman, there's a young person. And he saw that there was no man. What does God see? He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no, he wondered, he was amazed. That's what the word wondered there is. God was astonished. Now, when you can astonish God, you've done something. God wondered. While there was no intercessor, therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. God knew he had to do a thing. So God came. Hallelujah. And intervened. And he walked among us. Hallelujah. And he gave his life for us and rose again. Hallelujah. Pastor, would you pray for us?
Yes, Lord. Help me, God, please. In Jesus' name I pray. <clears throat> Amen. You may be seated. Switching over to Genesis chapter number 18. I'm kind of astonished myself how many times I've that I've gotten in the pulpit during this revival and the message just changed to something else. Praise God. Chapter 18 of the book of Genesis, very familiar verse of scripture to you if you're a Bible reader. We read chapter 18 the other night about Sarah laughing, but now we're going to go and start at verse number 16. Genesis 18 and 16, and the men of the men rose from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, I know Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. The promises are going to come on him because he's going to follow me. He's going to keep my commandments. And the Lord said because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now. I will see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come up unto me. And if not I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? I'm going to destroy Sodom, Abraham. Abraham's family's there. He's got loved ones there. Abraham has nieces there, great nieces. Abraham has a nephew there. He says, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked, Lord? What if there's 50 righteous within the city by chance? Will thou destroy and not spare the place for 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from, he's negotiating with God. You say, well, you can't do that. He did. See, God knows the heart. And he knows your heart. He knows why we're asking. Amen. The Bible says, let not that man think he shall receive anything of God, but ask for things based upon his lusts. Praise God. God care less if you ever got a new Cadillac. Praise God. If he blesses you with it, you're blessed. But that, that's not the, the most important thing in God's uh, world. Amen. In God's view, it's the souls of those that are around you. Amen, that God has his mind and his heart fixed on. And why he did not hide from Abraham, the Bible says the things that are written were given for our learning. The things that, that, that came out of these men, like Moses, where he said, if you're going to destroy the children of Israel, destroy me also. If you're going to kill them, take my name out of your book. You're talking about a mouthful. You say, well, you, he was willing to, to lose himself for them. Amen. 
and that moved the heart of God. You say, well, that, that seemed like that surprised God. It didn't surprise God, but it did move God's heart. Amen. What Moses said that he was willing to stand in the gap for them. He was willing to be their intercessor. He was willing to intervene on their behalf. Now Abraham, amen, before Moses, amen, has intervened. And he said, will you destroy the city? If there'd be 50 righteous found in it. And he go, you know the, the story goes on. To, he's trying to bring something out. Amen. And, and every one of these, God knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And he knew that people like you and I, amen, were going to need to hear these things. And the things that are written were forgiven for our learning and for our admonition. Amen. He was bringing something out of these men. He was showing us some qualities and showing Abraham some qualities about himself. Showing Moses some qualities about himself. Amen. He said, will you destroy, amen, the, the righteous with the wicked? That be far from thee to do after the manner to slay the righteous with the wicked. And the righteous should be as the wicked. Be far from thee. Shall not the judge of the earth do right, of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I'll spare the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered, behold, now I've taken upon me to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. If they're like 50 righteous, wilt thou destroy for the lack of five? And he said, if there be 40 and five, I will not destroy it so on and so forth he negotiates with God amen I believe Abraham had Lot his nephew in his mind amen I believe he had his his great nieces in mind amen Abraham he calls him a lot his brother amen but he was really his nephew earlier in the book of Genesis I believe he had his loved ones in mind Abraham amen was an intercessor it's always been true that God's people Amen. Who seek to hear his voice. Who walk after him. My God. Churches do not grow when there's no intercessors. People can't be saved when there's no intercessor. That's why you see cities, neighborhoods, areas laying waste with, with filth and crime. And wickedness. Amen. It's because there's no intercessor. Praise the Lord. He doesn't send angels to preach the gospel. He doesn't send angels to be witness and testimony. He said in the book of Acts, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I've come to tell the church tonight, God's looking for some intercessors in this church. I said, God's looking for some intercessors in this church. Amen. For somebody to care enough to bring someone else into the kingdom, to unbusy their life to the point. Oh, praise God. This may not be evangelical preaching, but I'm going to preach in it anyway because I feel it on my heart. There's, there's some hurting people in your city. There's some hurting people and some broken lives in your community. Amen. Your neighbors and people down the road that God's looking for some fearless individuals. Amen. That will ask God for some boldness. Amen. To open their lips and share what they have. Amen. And get between them and hell. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Y'all looking at me like owls in a tree. Praise the Lord. Don't you young people take after any of these older folks in here who sit there like a statue. You worship God. You break away from that and you begin to worship God. All this little, now I lay me down to sleep, pray, and ain't going to cut it. Praise God. All this, now I lay me down to sleep, worship. That was good when you were five years old, but it's not going to work now, brother. 
Praise God, we need some intercessors. Praise God, we need some people that will lift up the voice. Amen. Not this spirit that's got a hold of the church. Amen. That's keeping us down. Amen. And keeping our worship at bay. Come on, somebody. These young people are going to die without an intercessor. Come on. Amen. Lot and his kids wouldn't have had a chance without an intercessor. Amen. There's got to be somebody. And I want to tell you what the devil's doing in the church. Those of you who are intercessors, he's trying to beat you down and dumb you down and shut you up and shut you out and get you to throw up your hands and quit. Amen. And walk away and just blend in and become like the rest of the deadheads. Thank God there was a man that God was able to visit. Do you know why God visited Abraham? Because he knew Abraham would listen. Do you know why God chose Moses? Because he knew Moses would listen. Amen. He called on a man's heart to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. He called on a man's heart. Amen. To pray for a city that God's always going to have an intercessor somewhere. Amen. If it's not you, God will replace you with somebody else. Something happened in the service tonight that changed my message. Something happened. God showed me a person in the service tonight that needs your rescue, that needs the help of the church. Hallelujah. And they won't come out of where they're at, amen, unless the church digs in. Come on. Amen, unless the church worships in spirit and in truth. Amen, not, not in Holy Spirit. That's not what he's talking about in that text. He's talking about in your spirit. He's looking for somebody that will open up their spirit, that will get their spirit right. Praise God. You know what? You're teaching them all the time. Amen, these young folks, we're teaching them. Amen, when we just sit there. Amen, we got our mind elsewhere. Amen, we're looking around and picking our toenails and picking our nose and thinking about tomorrow and wondering what we're going to eat after church. I know this ain't very, very soothing to the soul tonight, but I'm going to tell you, God's looking for an intercessor. He's looking for more than one. He's looking for some parents and some moms and dads that not only are going to raise their children in the fear of the Lord, but to take some of the children out of this community. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of the ones that have been cast down and abused and mistreated and their lives are going to fall apart and they're going to fall into drug abuse. Amen. Without the apostolic people of God rising up in terrible Georgia. Amen. And reaching out to those. Oh, this is a whole lost community around you that's looking for people just like you that'll hear the voice of God, that'll meet with God, amen, that'll hear his whisper, his voice in their spirit, amen, to say, hey, can it, should I hide from brother so-and-so what I'm about to do, amen, destruction is coming in the lives of your neighbors, destruction is coming to your family, destruction is coming to the people that's in your city, their lives are going to be wasted, Unless there's somebody that'll hear. I believe God holds us accountable. And he'll hold us accountable in the judgment. And we just let our neighbor go to hell without even trying. 
I believe if you, you have an active relationship with God and you're being led of the Spirit, because only those that are led of the Spirit are the sons of God, not as many as have the Spirit. As many as are led of the Spirit. Unless you're led by the Spirit. <laughs> well, I got the Holy Ghost. That don't mean, that don't mean beans. I've seen people talk in tongues like a Chinaman and, and go down the road and get in the back seat of a car and commit fornication. I've seen them shout their hair down and, and, and secretly live worse than the sinner does. Come on. What God's looking for is somebody, amen, that'll hunger and thirst after righteousness. What God's looking for is somebody that'll put him first for a change. He's looking for somebody like Abraham. He's looking for somebody like Sarah. He's looking for somebody, come on somebody. Amen, he's looking for somebody like Peter. He's looking for somebody like Priscilla and Aquila. Amen, he's looking for some teams, some Holy Ghost teams. I said some Holy Ghost teams. Amen. I know of a church where a man that was converted out of the denominal world, he got the Holy Ghost. He began to do Bible studies and won 40 families to a church. Brand new convert, brother. He hadn't been in church but about a year and a half, and he won 40 families with a home apostolic home Bible study to the church because God's looking for him. God will replace you. I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I don't hope nobody thinks I'm trying to be rude. Amen. But God don't need you. He wants you. He wants you in his love. He wants you in his kingdom. Amen. But I want to tell you, we can hem haul around enough. Amen. And lop you around enough and drag along enough. Amen. To where God says, you know what? Amen. Get out of the way. I've got somebody else that'll listen. I got is anybody willing to hear the voice of the Lord tonight? I got somebody else that's willing to hear. I got somebody else that's willing to go. I got somebody else that'll let the tears run down their face in the night hour. There's some needs here. There's some broken lives here. Amen. There's some things that can't be done without godly intervention by godly men and women, without a godly intercessor, without somebody, amen, that'll walk and pray and mourn before the Lord for the lost. Abraham was an intercessor. Without him, Lot and his family would have been swallowed up in God's judgment in Sodom. I said they would have been swallowed up in God's judgment. I'm not one of these that believes God's just going to let us slip, slip on into glory while we let everybody else around us just go to hell. Well, it's tight, but it's right, brother. I was in a restaurant one time, and God's not demanding of you results. The results are up to God. He's calling you and I to sow the seed. And as the children of God, we're teaching every service, we're teaching these young folks Amen. What a child of God ought to be. So nobody does that here, Brother Nell. You don't have to do it like this. You can do it on the inside. <laughs> it's kind of like the kid that his dad wore him out. 
because he wouldn't behave, wouldn't sit down and behave. And his son was kind of pouting a little bit after he said, what's wrong with you, boy? You, you sit down like I told you down. And he said, I, I am, Dad, but I'm telling you, I'm standing up on the inside. Come on. You know what that was? Amen. You, you don't have to be doing it on the outside to be doing it on the inside. Amen. God's looking for somebody. Amen. Let me tell you what worshipers do, what true worshipers do. Amen. They don't wait for somebody to construct the atmosphere for them. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I said there's some folk, they want governed conditions. The atmosphere's got to be right for them to worship God. Amen. They're not real worshipers. Real worshipers create the atmosphere for God. I said real worshipers create the atmosphere. Real worshipers are pushers. Real worshipers are screamers. Real worshipers are shouters. Real worshipers will pray with some. Yeah, come on, somebody. We need some pillars in the church. Amen. To uphold the man of God. And they uphold the ministry. Amen. And they uphold the sinner. And say, hey, God, if you're looking for somebody, you don't have to wonder why there's no man. Here am I. Send me. Everybody thinks you're talking about a preacher. No, I'm talking about a witness. Jesus said you shall receive power, Acts 1 and 8, after you receive the Holy Ghost, and ye shall be my witnesses, says the Lord. You're going to be my witnesses. And he saw there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation. Amen. As awkward as it may seem, the beggar Lazarus at the rich man's gate was his intercessor. He was his turnaround place. That was his crossroads, and he missed it. Amen. The beggar was his decision place that would impact the rich man for the rest of eternity, but he missed it. Jeremiah was King Zedekiah's intercessor. Amen. He, he, was, his, he was his divine roadblock that God put up in Zedekiah's way, and Ze King Zedekiah knew it. Jeremiah said, God said, Amen for you not to rebel against the king of Babylon. That was his message. Or he's going to destroy you and your children in this city. Well, they put him in a pit. They didn't want to hear what the preacher had to say. So they put him down where the sewage spilt off into the inner dungeon. And he, was, he sunk up to his waist and human waste. They left him there for several days. That's where he ate. That's where he slept. And human feces. Didn't know that, huh? Pulls him up, cleans him up for a while, gives him a little freedom, liberty. Zedekiah knew God, that Jeremiah was of God. Because he got Zedekiah over to the side, or Jeremiah over to the side, away from all of the politicians, away from all the men and the, and the, and the high, the, the people that hated truth. Amen. He got Zedekiah, got the prophet over there in the doorway, in the palace, in the shadows, and said, Is there any word from God? Remember that? Jeremiah, he was ashamed of him. But he won't know if there's any. Is there any word from God? Has God said anything? And Jeremiah said, "You want?" He didn't say this, but this is what he did. You want the good news or the bad news first? 
Here's what God said. God said, if you'll submit yourself to the king of Babylon and you won't rebel against him because God's called him to do what he's doing, like it or lump it, and you won't listen to all these knuckleheads that you got in the court, come on, all these people that don't know God, come on, If you'll listen to me, God's going to save you and your children, and he's going to save this city. If you'll submit yourself to the king of Babylon, you'll pay tribute. He said, and what if I don't? You don't have to be standing up on the outside, brother, to be standing up on the inside. Well, what if I don't? Jeremiah said, Boy, Jeremiah preaching cost him a lot, man. Beaten, mistreated, tortured, imprisoned. He said, if you don't, here's the other word from God. They're going to take you, and they're going to kill your children in front of your eyes. That's what God said. And then after they're done murdering your children in front of your eyes, the Babylonians are going to pl pull, pluck your eyeballs out of your head and imprison you till you die. Not everything we hear is because it's that, that it's going to feel good. Come on. Every medicine you've ever took didn't taste good. Come on. I remember my mother giving me castor oil. Ugh. I beg, and I remember crying and pleading, don't give me no castor oil. It is a punishment. The only thing about castor oil, when you take it, the punishment lasts a couple days. <laughs> I guess she's trying to clean the sin and disobedience out of me. I begged and I pleaded, don't give me no castor oil, mama. She stuck that stuff in my, you know, Everything we hear from God ain't always going to be how blessed you are and how wonderful you are and, and God's going to rain down flowers and butterflies and puppy dogs. Come on, somebody. Amen. If it's, it's from God, amen, it's not always. It's going to be blessing sometimes, amen, when we do right. But, amen, a lot of times it's going to be medicine. We don't. He told Zedekiah, he said, Zedekiah, Amen. If you don't hear what God says, if you don't submit yourself to the king of Babylon like God said, your children are going to be slain before your very, your sons are going to be murdered in front of you. They're going to make you watch it. And then they're going to pull out your eyeballs and throw you in prison. You know how they bored out, you know how they put their eyes out back and then this is what they did to Samson, this is what they did to Zedekiah. Because he would, Jeremiah was his intercessor. I hope you don't take your pastor lightly because you'll, what he preaches to you, what you hear, what he counsels you, God's going to hold you accountable for. You know what they did to Samson? The same thing they did to Zedekiah. How they plucked out their eyes, they got an awl. They got a, they didn't have electric drills like we've got now. They would get a handheld drill and they would hold the, person down, strap their head down to a board and they would bore their eyes out. That's what they did. 
He didn't like what Jeremiah had to say. Amen. Not everybody's going to receive what you have to say. Come on, somebody. Amen. Jeremiah was King Zedekiah's intercessor. Everybody say, but he missed it. And when he missed it, Amen. When he didn't take heed, he lost his sons. Amen. Slain before his eyes. Amen. Joshua declared to the children of Israel before they ever went into Jericho, he said, do not take anything out of Jericho. Not anything. Don't take any. No gold, no silver, no cattle. Don't take one little thing out of Jericho because Jericho is God's tithing. Jericho was the first fruits, the first city they conquered when they come into the promised land. The first fruits belonged to God. Everything in Jericho went into the storehouse of the Lord, all the gold, all the silver. Everybody heard the message. Amen. It was noise abroad. Everybody told everybody. Joshua said that God said, don't take anything out of Jericho. Come on. The tithes still don't belong to you. Hello, somebody. Well, I got three of you agree with that. The rest of you can stream me up in the tree out front later. I said the tithes still don't belong to you. Amen. The offerings still don't belong to you. Amen. It still says, will a man rob God? I'm not talking about half of your tithe. I'm talking about 10%. Yes, it is my place to say it. Praise God. Israel. Don't take anything out of Jericho because Jericho is going to be God's first fruits. Achan heard it. Achan heard the same thing that everybody else heard. Achan heard the same warning everybody else heard. They overthrew the city. God gave them the victory over this metropolis, Jericho, with its thick walls and its mighty army. God made the walls fall flat. He gave them the victory. And in the hustle and bustle and comings and goings of the heat of battle, a man named Achan slipped in somewhere into somebody's business or residence. And he took a wedge of gold and some Babylonian garments. And he went and hid them underneath his tent. And when God narrowed it down to the they called the families, the tribes, and then the families. And God narrowed it down to Achan and his family. I want you to listen to this. Joshua said, what have you done? And he told him and told him where the stolen. He told him where the tithe was that he stole. Hello, somebody. What's tithe? Boy, it's tithe is a bark on a tree in here. I think I finally found my message. Tithing. <laughs> so what have you done and he confessed here's the sad part all Israel stoned them with stones I said them everything that belonged to him including his wife and his children were took down in a low spot and they were stone with stones. Can you imagine being Achan? Can you imagine being Achan? Come here, brother. You're going to be Achan for a little while. Can you imagine being Achan and your little boy looking up at you as we're walking to a stone and pit and he said, Daddy, why? Why is everybody so angry at us? Why are they so upset? 3,000 men lost their lives because of Achan's sin. 
at Ai. God let them be defeated in battle because there was sin in the camp. When there's sin in the camp, church can't, the church can't function. When there's sin in a camp, come on somebody. Amen. I've seen moves of God stifled because there was sin in a church. Usually it's, it's immorality going on. Daddy, why is everybody so angry? And his little boy began to cry. What are they going to do to us, Dad? Can you imagine being aching, having to walk to that stoning pit and look down at your little boy and your little girl, whatever your children were all about, amen, looking at them knowing that they were going to lose their life. You can sit down, brother. That they're going to lose their life because you, amen, come on, somebody, amen, because you wouldn't do the right thing, amen, because you wouldn't heed the Word of God. God's looking for somebody just like you. There's some lives that have been ripped apart by sin. God's looking for some healers. God's looking for some helpers. God's looking for somebody among the saints. Don't make your preacher do it all. He's looking for somebody among the saints that'll hear his voice and help somebody somewhere find deliverance. Would you stand with me? Brothers and sisters, I hope nobody thought I was mean tonight, but this is the hour. The hour is so late. The hour is so late. If you're going to do anything for God, if you're going to stand before the judgment seat without your hands being empty, then you need to get to work now. Or you could just take what's been said and just say, well, that's real good, Jeremiah. That's real good. But on down the road, let's lift our hands and love the Lord now. God's got some healers among us. Let me tell you something about this end-time revival we're living in. Say, well, I don't see end-time revival. Oh, it's here. Brother Monty, isn't that right? Did I get your name right? I, I want to see bodies healed, but I, I, I believe God told me this. He wants to see hearts healed. huh? And when hearts get healed, the bodies will just follow. Come on. I believe he wants to see lives mended back together. There's so much. We, we've been torn. and you, you know why God allows you to be torn? So you can be healed and know how to find, help somebody else be healed. He allows you to experience hardships in life so you can help somebody else find their way out. But if you stumble at that and you fall at that and you let, and you let difficulties destroy you instead of make you better, then you're not going to be good for nobody. There's some young people I've seen tonight that needs help. Hallelujah. I've seen a whole group of more young people like the one that came up tonight that need your help. 
Some of them have been molested. Some of them have been abused. Some of them have been beaten. Some of them have been told they're no good and they won't never amount to nothing and they're stupid and they'll never be like their brother or their sister. Come on, somebody. Lives have been dragged through the mud and this is the trauma center. This is God's Holy Ghost emergency room. This is God's healers. This is your sons, whether you know it or not. I hope you can get a revelation tonight. You're God's sons and daughters of oil, people of healing that pour in a little wine and a little oil and is willing to put somebody up on their beast like the good Samaritan and see, see to it that they find healing somewhere in their life. We're going to have a revival Spiritual healing revival, spiritual, spiritual nourishment. People like you and like you, amen, amen. You, you face a lot of adversity and you feel beat down. But if you could just say, no, I'm not weak. I'm strong. No, no. I'm telling you what, if you'll get busy loving somebody, if you'll get busy and put your life into the life of somebody else's broken, you'll get your mind off of you. Amen. And, and you know what? If you'll do that, you'll, you'll take care of somebody else's need. You'll love somebody else, reach somebody else. God, while you're doing all that, will begin to take care of your issues. Oh, yes, he will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things, all these things you're concerned with, they'll be added to you as you immerse yourself in the will of God for your life. I've seen a whole group of, of young people and some young married couples coming into the church. Amen. When I've seen it in a vision when this young lady come up and got prayer. I seen it in a vision. I seen a group of people, a group of hurting people, a group of confused people. Amen. Coming into the church. Amen. You can't be just you can't be just bystanders when they come. Amen. You can't be immobile when they come. Come on, somebody. We need some people that's got some passion. Has anybody got any? I believe you've got it within you to love them. I believe you've got it within you. Amen. To be active. God's looking for somebody that'll hear the whisper of his voice. Can I hide from Abraham that thing that I'm about to do? God don't want it to be hidden from you. He's looking for somebody that's willing. Look at your neighbor and say willing. He's looking for somebody that's willing to hear his voice. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray now. These altars are open. Let's gather around and talk to God. Please come. Let's pray. Bring somebody with you. I remember praying for my nephew. We were in a car accident, and I'm sure I've already told this here. But he had been dead for quite a while in that car wreck, and I was trapped in the car with my legs mashed underneath the seat. My legs were just mangled, and I had to dash on my lap and he was dead he'd been dead for quite a while in the car we'd hit a tree and I remember screaming to the top of my lungs car was smoking glass everywhere blood everywhere 
I remember screaming my, up at the top of my lungs. Brother, I said this. I put my hand on my nephew. I said, God, if you're going to take him, let me die with him tonight. Please, God. And I no sooner got that out of my mouth, my nephew goes, oh. and it's like somebody was filling him up with an air hose. I, I can't even mimic it. Just filled him up with an air hose. He started intaking a bunch of air, and he shook all over. He hadn't been breathing for quite a long time. It hit, we hit it so hard that it broke the bones around his face, and it broke C2 in three places in his neck. It, we hit it so hard, it broke his seat up out of the floor and threw him backward. And it caved in the corner of the car right here. And that's what hit him in the head. God, I meant it. I was driving. I couldn't live with myself. God, if he's going to, if you're going to take him, let me go with him too. Let me die with him, I beg God. And no sooner did I say that, and he took a big deep breath, and he came back, and he sat up in the seat. He said, oh, God, my head. I didn't tell him he was dead. He told me later on, he said, God's looking for an innocent. God's looking for somebody that will say, Let me stand in the place. Come on. Let, let me stand in that place. Let me be a daddy to some, somebody that needs a dad. Let me be a mom to somebody that needs a mom. Amen. Let, let me be a sister to somebody that don't have a good sister. Come on, somebody. Let me be a brother in this city, in this community to somebody that don't have a brother. Hallelujah. Let me love somebody that stinks and, amen, that smells like alcohol and took a bath. Let me help me to be willing to cast off my pride and love somebody. It'll make all the difference in the world and their eternal destiny. If they have an intercessor, brother, if they have an intercessor, sister, just like you, this is the hour, the last hour of the intercessors. God's looking for somebody among us. That'll make a difference. Your good pastor can't do it all. It's impossible. He needs saints like you. Hallelujah. Let's find a place to talk to God now. If you want to be an intercessor, won't you come? If you want to make a difference, won't you come? I mean, I mean a difference that you haven't made before. Come on. I want you to come stand right here. Come on, sister. I knew you was coming before you ever came. Abraham negotiated with God. You say you can't do that. That's what an intercessor does. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. have faith. If you don't have no faith, if you don't believe God will do it, then don't come. But if you've got faith, I want you to pray.
would surely be me. God said that there's some people that you've lost faith in that they'd ever be saved. But the Lord says He wants you to take them in hand and take them in your heart again. Hallelujah! Because He says He'll do it through an intercessor. He'll do it through a negotiator. Somebody that'll love Him enough to stand in the way of wrath. In the name of Jesus, you're going to be a shield to the weak. Without you holding my hand, Take his hand tonight. Anybody interested in being an intercessor? Come here. You. You didn't come here by chance. I've had you on my mind all day long. God brought you here for a purpose. Hallelujah, you sisters that have faith, lay hands on her. God brought you here for a purpose. God's put within your heart a love for His Word and a love for His truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And even a deeper love tonight. In Jesus' name, a love for people. People that can't help themselves, you're going to help them. And people that need healing and love and patience. Shalom God brought you here for that purpose and that reason that a door of faith may be open to the lost. Go ahead and praise the Lord. The glory. I thought that's what you were interested in. Praise God. That's where I. Brothers, help me pray. God, I pray that you'd open a door. God, for him to fulfill your will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some doors you've already walked through, brother. But on up the road. I don't know time and years and all of that stuff. But I can tell you on up the road, there's another door that's going to open. It's a different door. And you're going to step into it. You're going to walk into it. And God's going to give you boldness to do it. It ain't going to be easy all the time. Hallelujah. But those you deal with, it's going to be worth it for their sakes. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name.
listen, don't look at everybody else, what they're not doing, and base that off whether you need to be motivated or not. Don't, don't base yourself off anybody else. We live in a broken world that needs some people that's got the Holy Ghost. He gave you the Holy Ghost to make you a son and a daughter of healing. Hallelujah. You are in the ministry. When God gave you the Holy Ghost, you're his ministers. Yes, you are. Kings and priests unto God, the Bible says. My all in all. And if I'm in trouble on his name, I'll call. And if I'm God's got something for you to do if you're willing to do it. I'd be less Lord, I can't without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains to the valleys to hide down on my knees that's where I learned to stand Lord I can't even walk without you holding my fields are white I said the, Jesus said the fields are white and they're ready for the harvest that wasn't just for back then that's today's front page news there's people that are going to want and are looking for what you got they don't know what they're looking for but they need what you've got you know what they need they don't Lord I can't even walk without you Without you, you hold. 